Welcome back to Principles with Corey and Logan, y'all. I'm excited about our episode today. I know you uh, you guys are going to get a lot, a lot of value added to you today, especially if you are into leadership and personal growth, because we got a self-professed uh, leadership junkie on with us today, and that makes two of us, right? So you get to, you get to listen in to two leadership junkies just kind of talk and uh, really excited uh, about our guest today, Tim Lupinacci. He said I could say it like that. Uh, Tim <laughs> Lupinacci. He is the CEO and chair at Baker Donaldson. Baker Donaldson is actually one of the largest. It's the hundred in the top one of the largest law firms in the country, and that's that's pretty incredible, right there. And uh, really, uh, Tim has got a lot of leadership experience. Uh, I, it's interesting. He's also recently launched a nonprofit called Everybody Leads, and it's really cool that he focuses on empowering individuals in underserved communities with basic leadership skills and and confidence. That is an important piece of leadership growth is confidence and instilling confidence so that they can better lead themselves, lead others and lead in the community. And Tim, we just want to say welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. Oh, Corey, it's so great to meet you. As I said earlier, I feel like I know you because I really have gotten a lot of value out of uh, your podcast and uh, look forward to our discussion. Wow, that is awesome, man. Well, we, we're really excited that you're on with us uh, today. And all right, so Tim, you're currently CEO. You, you've launched a nonprofit, and, and I love the love what you're doing, the focus there on empowering, empowering people. Um, but man, take us on the journey. How did you get to become the CEO of one of the largest law firms in the country there? Take us on that journey. Yeah, it's well, I appreciate that, Corey. And it is amazing because we all have our journey and uh, it always is twists and turns along the way. But I I, um, I literally didn't know what I wanted to do with um, my career. I was I graduated college in journalism and um, really didn't know what to do with that. So I, I ended up going to law school because I thought this idea of being like a media lawyer would be interesting. Um, and I got out of law school and I was working. I was probably been practicing about a year and I, I, did, I didn't have lawyers in my family. I didn't know lawyers. I kind of was like, um, what am I doing here? but trying to just play up and do my stuff. And I viewed it as a really transactional type approach. Like I would get a project, I would do it, I would turn it in, and then I'd go on to the next project. And about two years in, I was working on a very, very large project for my boss. And there was a a lawyer who was about five or six years senior to me on that project too. And we got it all done. I did my part, gave it to him, we turned it in, and I went on to my next deal. I was working on it. Well, later that afternoon, I get we hear our names paged back when they used to page you at the you know at the organization uh, and said get to Bob's office, my mentor, my mentor, my boss. And I was like, okay, this is probably not good. So we walked in and he was on a call with about a dozen attorneys from around the country, um, and he just lit into me and the older the other lawyer saying. Uh, these idiots got this all wrong. They're going to stay here all night if the, if it takes all night to fix it. Of course, like that's not good leadership, by the way. For your guy, I don't, you know. But anyway, that was, and I'm thinking I'm going to lose my job. Uh, and I'm thinking mostly like that. That other guy's five, six years older than me. He should have figured this out. What am I? I'm just this young lawyer. So anyway, long story short, we're that we get it all done that night, get it sent around to everyone. And we have a big court hearing the next day. And I drew this short straw to have to go pick up my boss at his house to drive him down to Montgomery, which is about a 90 minute drive from where I am. And I thought this is not going to be a fun car ride. And it was quiet for a while. And then he actually looked at me and said he wanted to apologize for yelling at us in front of other lawyers. And I thought, well, that was 
okay, I was, I appreciate that he did that. And then he said, the thing that I was so disappointed in you, Tim, is that I really view you as a, as a leader, that you're somebody who's going to be very successful in your career. Um, and maybe he didn't have as much confidence in that other, you know, more senior lawyer. He really looked at me to own the project and I should have caught that and not just assume that the other guy would. So that really was the start of someone actually calling me a leader. I hadn't really thought of myself in those terms. Um, and that led to that lifelong journey of trying to figure if I if I'm a leader, I got to figure out how to do this better. And so that was kind of the start um, now, 30, 33 years ago, I guess, 31 years ago. Wow, man, that is so powerful. And and I found I don't I would love to hear your your perspective on this, too. I don't think people see themselves as leaders until until somebody typically spoke it into them. And, I, you know, a lot of us are really every great person I've ever read about or met or you probably have. Well, you just shared your story, but we all start on the borrowed belief of somebody else. Like somebody else says, I believed in him or she believed in me before I believed in me. He believed in me uh, before I believed in me. And that is a powerful, powerful thing right there. H have you seen that uh, like in your leadership? Absolutely. I mean, and it, and, it, and and my mentor, Bob, I mean, he poured into it. It's a really interesting story because he was a very gruff, kind of really tough leader, as you can tell. But then he became very loyal to me as he saw I was making progress um, and really became a strong mentor to me. And I had the benefit of the privilege of speaking at his funeral when he passed away about uh, eight or nine years ago. Just uh, somebody really had a lot of influence. But because he did, he spoke into me. One of my first... Um, really confidence builder that I could actually develop business with clients, which is another skill set, not just leading, you know, what you're doing, but develop was, was a client who just made a comment to my, um, to a, a mentor that said, Tim really knows what he's doing. We really trust him. I never thought about a client speaking into me either, but it is those little things. And that's that, I mean, that's why it's so important for all of us. I know you talk about this all the time, Corey, to really just encourage others. I mean, that, were a few words, half a sentence can change the trajectory of someone's life. I mean, um, so I think it's really vital and important to remember to remind ourselves. Yeah, man, that, that is so good. And uh, really, really being mindful of, of our words. It is true. Life and death is in the power of a tongue. And, and, and the yeah. other thing I found on that too, is it does need to be sincere. It needs to be genuine. Oh, right. Flattery is not, you know, uh, not good, but I, I'm curious on, on your journey there where, when he said that to you, you've kind of talked a little bit about what it did to you. What, where, where did you go from there? Like what, what like mindset shifts or, or what happened? Well, it, it really was as long as okay, I've got to figure out how to be a better leader. And so I really uh, first thing I stumbled into was a resource by John Maxwell. It was a best selling book at the time, probably, uh, uh, you know, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Uh, and then from there, just continuing to read books that were, you know, well respected, go to um, seminars. Um, uh, and then somewhere along the line, I heard someone made the comment about, well, you can, you know, turn your car into like a mini MBA because, you know, I was listening to the news or sports radio, all that stuff that we all tend to do. And there is relaxation in doing that. I'm out in the anti that. But then someone said, well, just think about like I only had like a 30, 25 minute commute, but that's 50 minutes, you know, a day if I'm listening to things that are affirming to my journey as a leader and growing. Um, and so, of course, at that point, it was, you know, books on cassettes and things I, I, that old. But um, of course, now it's, you know, podcasts and books on Audible and everything. So I really just uh, it's just investing in yourself, you know, and um, growing. Um, and then certainly then it got to a point where I had younger lawyers and 
you know, paraprofessionals who did report to me. First, it was just one young lawyer and one paralegal. Like, I've got to do better to kind of pour into them. And so we started meeting once a week. I called it like call, 30 minute coffee chat. Um, and then I started bringing in other, other leaders from around the firm to just say, hey, how did you develop your career? How, you know, how did you grow as a leader to start pouring into them? Of course, I was pouring into myself, too, because these are people that were really strong leaders. So it really is just about investing and being intentional and being disciplined to do it. I mean, it's all the principles I know you talk about all the time, Corey. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, I really do. And you're, you're investing in yourself. And the thing with it that... And, you know, we, there's a proverb, right? But but it's all it's also in uh, you got to understand that uh, I got to understand that I am worth the investment. But, you know, he talks about in Proverbs that buy up wisdom, get it right. It, though it costs yep. you everything. And and there is a cost associated with it. But the reward is like beyond way beyond uh, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, and there's another one that one of my um, good friends spoke into me about because I think I was doing this some um, as a young person and leader about, you know, comparing yourself like, well, I'm never going to be as good as them or, or or I'm better than them as leadership. So I don't need to work on myself. But the, about, um, you know, he who compares himself to others is not wise because you're really just trying to you have to get better yourself, you know, and you have to develop, you know, figure out what's your journey, what's your calling, what's your purpose uh, and then get better in that. Um, and so, um, so I totally, totally agree with you. Mm. I had a, uh, on that comparison is something that uh, yeah. I, I don't know if everybody struggles. With. It was something I struggled with and had a mentor say one time, he said, you know, <clears throat> when we compare or try to be like somebody else, all we could ever hope to be is an imitation of the original, a knockoff of the right. original. It's, it's like the Equate brand, you know, the Walmart <laughs> brand of the original. <laughs> And uh, I thought, wow, you know what? That's that's true. Um, yeah. I, I curious. I, I struggled with something as man. I love what you said right there too, and that's um, that's kind of kind of where I started as. Whenever I had to start leading people, I was like, oh, I better grow. I struggled with something, and I'm just curious if this is something you struggle with. If not, that's totally cool. But, oh. Yeah. Man, I started reading everything. I tried to jump in. Man, I read everything I could. I'd get my hands on. And I soon discovered a couple of things that some books would talk about, hey, this is how I did it. And I gained this kind of success. And then I would read another book and say, this is how I did it. This is how I gained that success. And they were opposite, right? right. They were opposite. Yeah. And I was trying to do everything and it led to a lot of confusion. And so what I ended up doing was, you know what? I'm going to pick out, two or three voices and I'm just going to listen to them. I look for values alignment and that kind of built a foundation. Yep. And then I went out from there, but I don't know. Did, is that something you oh, kind of totally agree? Because I got to the point where, I mean, like even that whole premise of saying, you know, junkie or whatever, a leadership student, right. I just, I now I've got, I'm voracious. I got to read all this stuff. I got to get this. And sometimes you can like, just take this, you know, the sound bites and it's all over the place. And I, I learned pretty quickly, like you said, Corey, that you just can't, you got to, you, I, you do. You have to find those trusted values, sources that the sources you trust and the values um, that align with what you're trying to accomplish as the baseline. And then I do read a lot of diverse voices and a lot of diverse ideas from different perspectives, different businesses. I mean, I'm in the professional services business, but I, I gained knowledge from like a manufacturing company or a total sales company. But what are the one or two nuggets from reading that resource or sitting through that? podcast or that leadership lesson, uh, leadership seminar, 
um, that I can now bring back into what I'm doing still with my baseline, my principles, my goals, my values. But yeah, I hadn't thought about it in that lens because, and I love how that lens fits with what we're doing. So that's what I've matured, I guess, to. Um, it's still hard because I just read. And I mean, some sense you can just say, oh, I've read 30 books this year. And like, oh, that's great. And there's kind of the joke around the firm. Well, Tim reads books and he gives books as gifts, you know, to people. And I can't read as many books, but um, but I really do have to be intentional about trying to find those nuggets that I apply because execution is the most important thing. So anyway, I just rambled a little bit, but I agree with you. You got to find those core foundational truths and leaders that you uh, and, and sources that you trust and and then add on. Yeah, I, I, I got a thought I got to share with you here in just yeah. a second. But 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 what I what I found was I I like I was at a baseline of no knowledge. Right. So I was right. trying to consume everything. And what I found was there was a season for me that I really needed to just develop a foundation. And so I tried to find voices that I aligned with and values. And people would ask, hey, are you you listen to Grant Cardone or, or you know, I'm not right. Anyway, people like that. And I was like, no, I, I'm in this the season right now definitely diversified now in, in all of that, but I needed to build a foundation. You said, you said you read a lot of books. I knew you were my kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> I was um, for Christmas. This is what I asked for, Tim. That's what I asked my wife. I was like, there's too many good books I need to consume and I need to read them faster. So for Christmas, I want a speed reading course. I want to know how to oh. speed read. And uh, that's what she got me for Christmas. Dude, it works. I can just oh. like, knock it out anyway it's i yeah. may use that on my list so because <laughs> that's that's a good that's a great idea yeah it was good you know well, one thing you mentioned a minute ago um for those of you who are listening that are really at the more at the beginning of your journey one thing i did find that was helpful when i found a, a an author that i really uh respected and thought aligned with um you know a lot of those uh like leadership books and they, they have workbook content you can do to really dig deep. And I found those pretty helpful early on um, just to work through and maybe even lead a group of people through. Cause you know, that's giving you some, that's exercising some leadership muscle. The first time I led a group through, you know, whatever, a workbook of a, you know, teamwork thing that John Maxwell did or someone else, you know, that's I'm now I'm having a lead. I've got to prepare it and then ask. It. So that's some ways early on that I found like really, get, it was a way to really dig in and maybe get some practical tips. So. Yeah, that's powerful. That's a great, great point right there. And uh, and so so say you got a um, you guys make a hire, you got a new new leader coming in, male, female, it doesn't matter. And they're showing some potential um, and you got a book to recommend. What, what's that first book you like to recommend? Um, wow, that's a great question. Um, so I, I really do like uh, I mean, I think John Maxwell's basic stuff. Um, I mean, all of his I mean, a lot of his books have been good. Um, I mean, really good. There's um, uh, there's a book called um, The Intangibles of Leadership, which uh, and I can't I'm not I'm not remembering the author right now. Um, but um, it's one that talks about a lot of those um, things that I think are so critical for leaders, you know, today, like em building empathy, um, you know, listening skills. Um, some people may call those like the soft skills, but I thought it was a pretty good book of, of kind of really bringing together a lot of, um, of those ideas. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of um, Daniel Pink's books like Drive and just how you can motivate yourself and, um, um, and, and, and the things that um, even motivating people in your um, company, because if you, the first thing that Pink said, and this, this is all research based, that if you... Um, 
you got to get the compensation right, kind of be at market pay. But once you do that, the real differentiator is, are you helping individuals find purpose in what they're doing and getting better every day at what they're doing, like mastery? Um, and then you got to have some level of autonomy that you trust your colleagues. And I mean, I'll be that that's something you got to figure out what that line is. But the the research would say that that's ways you can build engagement and, and have retention. Um, so uh, that's something we've really tried to do a lot here. But um, so those are just a couple that come to mind. But I've literally got I've got a article somewhere that I did about the uh, Baker's Dozen, because that's the name of our firm is starts with Baker. And I have like 13 books that have influenced me. Um, so but those are some um, for sure. I like that. That's really good. I don't even know if I've I've heard of the book, The Intangibles of Leadership. That sounds really good because, you know, that that internal victory precedes the public and, and yeah. all of that being bigger on the inside than the outside. I, I like the sound of that. That sounds really good. Um, yeah. So you've been in leadership for for a little bit and you've grown and 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 we never get there. Right. We never get there. That's, oh, that's why right. you're still reading books and all. But um, one of the topics I know that you you speak on and you lead on are like some of the key characteristics of how to effectively lead. And any thoughts on that? I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, no, I appreciate that. I mean, we when I, I became the CEO four years ago of the firm and I had led a business unit within the firm, but this was obviously moving to another level. And I had a six month transition period uh, and I impaneled a uh, transition council to help me with thinking through different things in some different areas. And one of them was leadership development because I wanted us to get better at developing as a leader, you know, leadership principles as a firm. Um, and so it was interesting because some of the um, key um, leadership concepts we've really tried to work through are things like, um, uh, you know, effective communication, of course, um, uh, building uh, trust. I mean, trust is something our people you lead need to have trust in you that you've got their best interests at heart. Doesn't mean you can't have difficult discussions. Doesn't mean there's times you need to, you know, maybe part ways, but just to build that trust. Um, I, I'm a big uh, believer in, and it's part of my makeup, but like just being humble um, and, and, and learning, like being open to feedback and criticism and how can I get better? And again, I'm not, I, um, doesn't mean like I take every feedback and do everything because then you'd just be all over the place, but it's really just, um, being humble to know that I get it wrong a lot. I make mistakes and being able to, you know, acknowledge it. Um, so I think that's um, something that we really um, talked about. Um, visionary. I think that's something else that um, we really um, is a core to what I've been trying to do. So those are some things that kind of came out of like um, talking to me and then talking to other colleagues about what would be the critical characteristics of leadership that you hope to see. Um, and so those are some things. And then I've got some various things I try to remind myself, like little mantras and things every morning to keep me focused. But those would be kind of like some key characteristics um, of, of, of what um, I think we try to do as leaders. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and you know, as well as I do, leadership isn't about titles and position, those kind of things. But what, yeah. so your current CEO, what was the role that you held prior to? Yeah, so we have four, we call them departments, I think in the regular, it would be like business units. Um, so I was head of the financial services uh, department, which was about 100 lawyers who represent banks um, in various capacities. Um, and so um, and that was that was actually a fun endeavor because uh, I guess, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, we decided that we really didn't have a department focused on that. We were doing a lot of work for financial institutions and banks and and that industry. And we had experts all over in all these different groups around the firm. And I sort of had this idea and I was leading one of those. 
Um, and I was, I know the smaller groups and I was thinking, well, what if, if we brought all these colleagues together, really got better at knowing that industry, knowing our clients in that industry and like things coming down the pike in that industry. So we really built the department from scratch and identified leaders. And so that was another one of those really stretching me that, um, you know, helping with, we call them practice group leaders. So we had a transactions practice group and a litigation practice group and a bankruptcy practice group, all that represent this one industry. Um, but really, you know, building belief in ourselves that we could go and do this. And so we, in that instance, I spent a lot of time with those. Um, we actually had two leaders of one of the groups. So there were five core leaders of this new department. Um, and we would get together for like, you know, two days, just brainstorming. We had some voices come in and, you know, people come in and help us think about how could we better capitalize as a group. So, um, so anyway, that's what I was leading. Um, and I'd been doing that for three or four years when the opportunity to um, become CEO came up. So. Okay. Yeah, that, that's interesting. There's a couple of things I heard in there, how strategic and how, how you created wins, how you brought a team together and, and how you led well there. And there's a lot of people that they sometimes think like, you know, when I get a leadership role, when I get such and such, then I'll start leading or I'll start doing that. And, and really it's the opposite. You start where you're at and you create win successes there and that develops the habit where you're at. Um, and the, the, one of the reasons I asked that is I, I wanted to know kind of what role you had and uh, the successes that led to that. What, what was your biggest challenge going from that role to now being uh, the role, right? Like the leader. Yeah. Well, I, no, it, 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 um, it's interesting. Um, I guess uh, some of the early challenges were that I happened to be taking over uh, in the, uh, the transition was over a fiscal year end for us, which is January 31st. And we had like our worst year ever, like while I was in transition and we had been plateaued for a while. So some of the challenge was just we got to figure out how to turn the ship a little bit, you know, and it's been a great legacy, you know, hundred year plus firm, but we just had to do some, some, what I like to call best run business principles, you know, thinking like a business and like our clients. Um, so that was hard. We got that move in the right direction and then COVID hit and then navigating through that. But again, most professional services firms, law firms did fine because the clients had all this increased legal needs, right. And that, you know, needing counsel. So, but it, all that was pretty challenging. I think, from actually Tim and being in the role, it's really um, having building in some safe space yeah. to have a trusted advisor to be able to talk to. Because sometimes, I mean, I, I have a really good relationship with our core executive team, um, but you also need somebody that you can just, you know, talk to and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. And, you know, certainly like the, we can do a whole discussion about like the um you know, the confidence and imposter syndrome and like, you know, that kind of stuff. But there's some safe space to do that. So I um, was able to build into like uh, getting a coach to help with that. And um, certainly there's a whole component of mental health wellness, just having check in to make sure because it's very stressful. Um, and just because I'm a big advocate of just have someone you can talk to every so often. And um, so I've really built in a lot of that. And and it's a 24 seven job. All of us who are in like leadership, I really have to build in. I like to really focus on uh, with some friends I learned um, who are Jewish, like the concept of a Sabbath, like really trying to shut down on electronics for 24 hours a week, which I really couldn't get to do. Like what a lot of my colleagues do, you know, Friday night to Saturday. I did it from Saturday night to Sunday night, but things like that, trying to um, build in those type of um, times. So, I mean, I know there's a lot there to unpack, but those are some of the things that immediately come to mind of things I that I've got to figure out how to, really protect my disciplines and everything. Yeah. So, 
there are really two well you said a lot of really powerful things but two that i really want to call attention to that people struggle with one is is the sabbath or the rest piece and how important that is it allows you to come back to be refreshed rejuvenated one of the key things a leader needs is the ability to make good decisions right and it's hard to make good decisions if if i'm running on fumes mentally but the other one uh, that you said i thought was really really good and interesting uh I was doing a thing and uh, with John Maxwell and he said something that was a really interesting concept. You know, we've got this thing of the inner circle, but he proposed this idea of this outer circle. And that's exactly what you just talked about. So I've got this inner circle of people who are in the work with me, right? They, they want my success. They, they're helping me do the work. But a lot of times when you're in the work, you're attached to the work. Right. But having that person who's outside, who gets an, different perspective who still, you know, they're not attached to the work, but they still want your success. And that's yeah. a powerful thing. Really powerful it, thing. It is. And like my, my leadership coach I work with is like, he had not worked with, I mean, worked with professional service firms, but not law firms. He works with a lot of industry comes a whole different lens that helps me get better. I mean, he's certainly learned my industry as we've gotten to do that. And then another thing, which I think is a, it's a tip. It's not going to be right for everyone in every situation, but I will talk to, CEOs of other law firms, um, I have several that are on like a quarterly rotation just to say, what are you dealing with? Because I've learned we're all dealing with mostly the same type of issues, you know, like remote work, like everyone's dealing with that. Like, how do you do that? But just like I was um, in Washington, D.C. yesterday and I had had breakfast with a managing partner of another firm. And it was really interesting. It was affirming to see that, you know, everyone else is dealing with similar things, but also to hear that we're actually doing okay and how we're dealing with it. And so I think any industry now, again, some of it, it's a too direct competitor that may not be right. Most of the ones I talk to are not really they're in either a different sphere of clients they represent or a different geography. But if you can find folks that are like in that same position, other you know, other CEOs, leaders of a company, I, I, that, that's been really helpful, too. So, yeah, it, it's actually very beneficial. Yeah, 100 percent. Um. So I, I got another question. I feel like something uh, some leaders some leaders struggle with this. Uh, I, I particular uh, am one of them. I've had to grow in this, but I mean, you seem like a super nice guy, right? You're a likable <laughs> guy. I mean, you got a good, great personality. You're you're humble and and you're nice. You want to see people succeed. How do you handle the difficult conversations, like those tough ones? Like, is that a struggle for you? Or is that kind of oh, it, no, no, it's a huge struggle. It's you'll you'll find. I appreciate your kind words, and um, uh, I feel the same way. I mean, just already knowing you, that you could do the same thing about you know being kind. And uh, so it was interesting during our uh, we did our, our CEO positions appointed by our board, um, and they had identified um, six potential candidates. There's a lot of interviews, a lot of questionnaires. When they narrowed it to the final two, I just remember I was in this in my interview and it was in front of like 20 people. And someone said the question, how are you going to be able to lead when, you know, a third of the firm thinks you're you know, an idiot or whatever? You know, and I'm like, I'm like, well, I want everyone to like me, you know, but but I, I, what I said there and it's really something that I continue to you know help. It helps me in those individual things. It's just if I'm in this role, I've got to lead in the best interest of the firm. And the organization. And I, I, it doesn't mean it needs to be Tim's view of the best organization, the best way the organization moves forward. I have to have that feedback. I have to have that to know we're on the same page. I have to have that trust and honesty and that we're all kind of rowing the same direction. Um, and if we have an individual, like most of the difficult discussions I've had have been with um, 
individuals who just um, we've determined we needed to either part ways with or that they needed to make some significant changes in how they were treating people and things like that. Um, and those are I, it, it's hard. Um, I have to I really overthink getting prepared for it. Um, but I always remind myself that this is in the best interest of the organization. And um, and then you just go in and have it. And I, actually, it's been interesting that I think when we are that when we do have that, uh, I, I think it's compassion. I mean, you know, for people, um, it may just not be that this is working out for your organization. Uh, but when you have that compassion, it really is. It's compassion, it's empathy and really want what's best for them. And if they're not they're doing some things that are not good for the organization or whatever. They probably are not happy themselves at the organization. And so um, the, one of the more recent ones I had, it was really interesting because I really, it really had me in tied in knots because I genuinely liked this person. I had tried to coach them the right way. But then when we did, when we had the conversation of needing to part ways by the end of it, we had developed a transition plan that, that they were very comfortable with. And he literally hugged me after we finished our meeting. Now that's not going to happen always. And, and, but I just thought, okay, if you really are thoughtful about it and you're doing what you believe is the right thing, that's just what you have to do as a leader. It doesn't get easy. I mean, I've had to do a couple since then. It's not any easier just because that one worked well and I didn't get hugs in the last one. But anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, what I hope you guys hear as you listen uh, is was what Tim said. It doesn't get easier, right? It, it, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't need to take place, right? It, it needs to actually the sooner the better uh, if you're in that role to have that conversation. Uh, that's something I, I, I used to put off. <laughs> no, I do too. And you'll, Corey, you're exactly right. And this is funny. I told I, I'm a, uh, one of um, the person I was with in this meeting, I'm going to describe very briefly recently retired. And I told this story at her retirement. Uh, she um, had built this very large team because her, her practice had really exploded. So she had like 20 or 30 lawyers, young lawyers helping her. And one of them wasn't working out. And this was back when I was leading that small group and we had to let one of them go. And we were both torn up about it. I mean, I probably had been involved in some termination discussions, but never as like the leader of a group. And, and I don't know that she had either. Well, and, and it was in Fort Lauderdale. We had flown down there and we're just the, oh, we're all nervous. And we get in the, we call her into the, con the, the young lawyer into the conference room. And we went through that, you know, this wasn't working out. And she said, um, I understand. Here's my key card. I wonder why it took you so long. I wondered why it took you so long. Like she was expecting us to come do it because she said, and she knew it wasn't the right fit. Oh. But for so to your point, what you just said, Corey, you need to do it sooner than not put it off if it's the right decision. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, good. you always have to give people a chance, but anyway. Yeah, that's good. And um, something that a mentor told me one time that that really helped me is like, you know, Corey, you like people and all of that, and you want people to like you. But you've got to determine, are you going to try to be loved by everybody or lead people from a place of love? Because when you lead them from a place of love, you, you'll go through the thought process of how do we do this right? How do we do this yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So that's so good. You're right. You're right. So, Tim, I, I got another last kind of question. I, I'd love to talk a little bit about your nonprofit. I, can you share a little bit about that? Because I like the, like the thought of it, empowering people that may not even hear any like you were in a role and something sparked to start reading books and, but they may not be in an environment where that, that spark comes. And so I'd love to hear some of your thoughts behind starting it and what you guys do. Yeah, it really, it really began when I became CEO of the firm. I, I, I the first town hall I did to the firm, I told everyone we have like um, 1300 employees 
including some lawyers, some are, are business professionals and staff. And I really do have a view that everybody leads. It goes back to something you said a while ago, Corey, that um, you know, re regardless of title, if you are a receptionist or you, you know, lead, you know, as a legal secretary or whatever, you're leading some people or even in the community or in your church or your family. I mean, you're leading, you're doing stuff. And so um, everybody leads and we can all get better at it. And to your point, like the impact player is the person who goes over and above, not just I don't have a title, but this needs to get done. I'm going to go fix it. So I've really talked about that a lot um, in the firm and believing in that concept. And um, one of a, a coach that I've been talking to and a friend who's an author, um, he was saying, well, you know, what do you want? What's Tim plus five years and 10 years? And I said, well, I'd like, I mean, I just launched a five-year vision for a firm last year. So I want to get through that and then probably work towards having a succession. And then, you know, whether I go back to practice law full-time or, and I said, I really think it's something to do with leadership and nonprofits. And, and I said, but I'll think about that when I, you know, in, in six, seven years. And he said, you got to start planting seeds now. He spoke mm -hmm. into me, plant seeds now to spin up what you're trying to, what you want to do. Um, and so it really just started thinking about, okay, nonprofit. And I really was thinking more in the context of leading a nonprofit. And I thought, well, can I marry all this together? And just this idea. And, and, and we also, as a organization, we have something called Baker Cares, where we partner with organizations in our communities um, over a three-year period to try to help them in what they're doing and getting to know them. And so we've been working on um, trying to help in a small way eradicate homelessness. So each of our offices partners with an organization. And when I go to the city to visit people in the office, I was going around there and they're teaching all these great basic life skills that is needed, like how to get a driver's license and a bank account and to get the skills for a job. And I started talking to some of those leaders. And I was like, well, when they get the job, do they need like a like 2.0 training, like teamwork and conflict resolution. And they all said, yeah, we just don't have the resources to do it. So it really sparked this idea of doing some training manuals, some very basic leadership skills. And I really landed us on, a, on this idea that, you know, Corey, you and I, we did have access to books or podcasts. I mean, I guess it's more ubiquitous now, but not everyone gets a coach that can pour into them, you know? And so just start thinking, are there ways that we can do? So um, I've developed a six month training manual. Um, we're starting to get that going where we actually partner with an organization um, and the first one we're working with is some individuals who are coming out of prison or they're trying to get back on their feet and then get into the job market. Um, so we'll be working with some of those uh, men and women um, and just some basic skills. Um, and so it's really just we're, it's literally a little bit the plane building the plane while it's flying because I'm running an organization. And when I have time, I'm working on it. But we've got a, a website. We got the nonprofit getting going, um, built out the training manual. And um, so now I'm excited about it and where it goes. So. Nice. So, so if somebody wanted to know more about that, you said there's a website that they could go to. Yeah, it's um, everybodyleads.org, um, and it's um, uh, it's uh, being finished as we speak. I literally was on a call this morning, so it'll be up by the time that this is on. Um, I'm sure. Um, and it has some videos on it. It'll have some of the training ideas, and uh, so we're really getting it built. But it's everybodyleads.org. Everybody leads.org. We'll make sure to have that in the, the yeah. show notes. If somebody just wants to click on that, check it out, find out more, or maybe so into that, they'd be able to do that. So, well, um, Tim, uh, man, truly, truly have appreciated uh, your wisdom today. You're a man of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, what I love about it is you're somebody who lives it out as well. It's, it's, it's one thing to have information, but to live it out is a different thing. And I can tell that you live it out. That's, that's a powerful thing. Very powerful. Uh, I appreciate that. Well, that, and that's everyone in leader because leadership and, you know, whether you're launching a strategy or 
people aren't going to believe your words if they don't see you living it out. And um, I learned that from a lot of mistakes in the past. So again, that's, I say we all make mistakes and it's how to get better and learn and, and grow. So yeah, Absolutely. I appreciate that. Well, Tim, if somebody wanted to find out more about maybe you or your firm or how would, how would anybody who's listening connect with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm on uh, our firm website, Baker Donaldson, B-A-K-E-R-D-O-N-E-L-S-O-N.com. You can find me on there and I'm on LinkedIn um, and uh, try to keep stuff there. So um, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to hear from you. Love to get to know you. I love meeting people and learning. Awesome. Well, Tim, we greatly appreciate you joining us today. You've added a ton of value and Um, uh, bless you and everything that you do in there, man. Uh, well, Corey, same to you, and I appreciate you, and uh, you've added value to me today, but also on your on your work, so keep it up. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for taking a listen. I know today has added value to you, and so I would love to hear if there's anything that Tim has shared that uh, maybe stood out to you or impacted you. Make sure you um, share it in the comments. I'll make sure to uh, get that to him and like and subscribe. That way you can stay up to date with any of the future episodes of Principles with Corey and Logan. And we hope you guys have a great day and God bless.